0: Twenty-four-seven, three hundred and sixty-five days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, Matt Elliott. Here.
1: TV mm-hmm. your first choice for everything Leicester City. Tune in and join in now. Right, Chris. All right there. Alright the back. How the devil are you all? Welcome along. It's sloppy seconds time. I've got sloppy seconds every night. No one no one i got backache. I tell you, it is absolutely killing me me back today. Absolutely killing me. Well, what a weekend and football. Yet another manager, that's eight of them this season, have lost their jobs. The thing is that I reckon they're better off, actually, because they probably get more in compensation than they do in wages. I mean, you know, Mourinho must be like a multimillionaire just on his compensation. Thank you for watching. This is Lester Till I Die TV. If you're watching on YouTube, give us a subscribe and smash those likes. And if you're catching up on podcasts, on Google, Apple, uh, iTunes, or Spotify. Thanks very much for listening in. This is where you can find it.
0: Listen on your favourite podcast platform, or ask your smart speaker to play the podcast Lester Till I Die. Subscribe,
2: like, follow, and join in now.
1: And I've got a guest coming on tonight. Now, it's not often that you can actually say that a guest doesn't need any introduction. But I really, really, I don't have to say any, i just, I've just got to play this. (laughs) (laughs) How how the devil are you?
2: I'm very well, thank you. How are you? You've literally got tears in my eyes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We're only three minutes into the show. (laughs) You'll need oxygen by the end of it.
2: Probably, (laughs) probably so.
1: (laughs) Oh, I love that laugh. I love that laugh. I'll tell you. Welcome along. At at least neither of us are are suffering with the old... um, Ring of fire, as as Dan is this morning, who took his hot chip challenge. Do check it out and do give the channel a sub, um, Turf Morehouse TV. He he was in pain, wasn't he? Oh,
2: uh, yeah, he done honestly done such extremely well because he left him like leaving with no like trying to sort out like uh, is like putting milk in his mouth and stuff like yeah. that. So he done it for five whole minutes, and I don't know how he coped. But honestly, he's done extremely well. And to do it on the camera, you've got to give nothing but praise to Dan. He's uh, honestly an amazing person, an amazing YouTuber as well. And yeah. going onto his channel, watching him, supporting him, it's been an absolute pleasure to do in this past year of, of knowing Dan.
1: It has. You're quite right. I mean, you know... I like to say he's my brother from another mother. He he probably would prefer to say that I'm his dad <laughs> because of the age difference. But, yeah, give the guy some support. Um, we may not have him for long because if he goes down, if he gets relegated, we may not see him for 12 months. <laughs> i see
2: him in the FA Cup or the Carabao Cup. Do I? Do oh, I that's true. Them? That's true. Or
1: Johnson, Johnson Paint Trophy. Does he get into that one now? Papa John's. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's the one. Uh, what was so fun? am he, uh, Dan knows me. He knows that when when I, when I sort of josh with him, but at the end when he was he was saying it was like an Oscar speech because he was trying to say thank you to everybody that supported me and liked and and subbed to me. But he was absolutely in tears at the same time as he was yeah. saying it.
2: He, he honestly was, wasn't he? But yeah. I
1: just
2: I honestly couldn't believe how well he done. And when I as soon as I seen the chip, I was like. Oh my God! Is this like no. another flashback for me after I burnt that garlic bread?
1: <laughs> I think your garlic bread would have been medium rare compared to that chip. I'll tell you.
2: What? I, mean, I must be honest. I... It wasn't as burnt to be as that. To be honest, because it didn't even look burnt at all. It still looked edible.
1: <laughs> god don't ever, ever have us round for dinner okay that's all i'll say no good you were not allowed but um no i mean i i, I suffer from heartburns so there's no way i could do it but yeah total respect to dan total respect he's been suffering all day today apparently but you're with us, Maisie. Um, you're you're an, another great YouTuber, do fantastic content. You're a Man United fan, but apart from that, we like you. You're not, <laughs> but you do do non-Man um, United stuff, and you're a great supporter of the women's game. We all know you have your uh, double underscores, but how can people find you? <laughs>
2: Um, you can find me on my YouTube channel, which is Devils United. Just as Chris said, I do Manchester United content, but I do it for the men's and the women's football. I do also have a weekly transfer show on there as well, just to discuss all the recent updates in the transfer window so far. Um, I'm looking at probably broadening it out a little bit more when it comes to the new season ahead because um, it's a bit too far in for me now. So <laughs> yeah. just going to broaden it out a bit later on. But and also on Twitter, you can find me at Two underscores M-U-F-C, maze. Don't make Chris's mistake and use the one, it's the two.
1: <laughs> Why use two when one will do? That's what I've always my you motto always in it life.
2: Comes in pairs, it comes in pairs. Two's better than one.
1: You may want to rephrase that. <laughs> 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 <Yeah>. <laughs> so that's it. The link is in the description below to Maze's channel. Do go and give it a subscribe, it is a great channel. She's got some amazing stuff on there. Big news of the weekend obviously um let's just get the the details up uh, it happened to be uh, after the well the first match there was some there was literally some some corkers in there really wasn't there i mean you know did anybody see norwich doing that because i certainly didn't
2: you know what i actually expected that to be a draw that uh, mm. 3-0 to norwich but fair play to dean smith because i actually think he came in to like people set him to failure coming in at Norwich and yes. he's actually had a couple of wins already. So fair play to um Dean Smith. Got him out of relegation. If he's gonna keep him out of relegation, that's a different story, but they're out at the moment and they're doing mm. a good job. And uh Josh Sargent, what a Good goals he Oh My
1: God Yes That that put me back out If I tried that But what I don't know who He was sort of Whether it was meant Or whatever But I tell you what you you He's going to dine Off that for years Isn't he
2: Of course he will He'd be like I got that smashing goal In the Premier League <laughs> You know what? That could even still be potential to be a goal of the season, yeah. Definitely. Depending on how there is some yeah. goals go ahead in the season, like the remainder of the season, there is a couple yeah. what stand out for me at the moment. But this one, what came across on Friday, was definitely um, a standout. And apart from that, there were standouts in other ways with that game, such as uh, the draw. Uh, it wasn't. It was the um, the blackout. That the electricity yeah. went yeah. off, didn't it?
1: it did. and. I be honest with you, you could have, you just could have carried on playing that just the brightness off of Norwich's kit. I mean that's the only embarrassing thing that when he plays that game back, he's got to say, "Yeah, we did play in that kit I mean, you know there's been some awful third kits out there, I mean I remember your zebra one from last season, but that that is absolutely awful oh, worse. Much-
2: I've seen worse than yes. that fur kit of ours, to be fairly honest. I've actually got that fur kit in my wardrobe. <laughs> <laughs>
1: right, that's being clipped. <laughs> I think you should wear it, definitely. But, I'll wear uh, it
2: next time I do a stream with you.
1: <laughs> you uh, I'll hold you to that. Southampton, you know, I mean, everybody's written them off, but they've held Man City to two two draws this season. Yeah. Um, Newcastle as well. I mean, we'll come on to the games obviously individually in more detail. But talking to Dan, I am worried. I mean, Burnley. I know they've got games in hand, but let's face it; we'd all soon have the points on the table, and they're just getting cut adrift at the bottom.
2: Yeah. You do feel sorry for Burnley because a lot of the games were postponed. The first one was obviously because of the weather, not their fault. Covid cases and I think this shouldn't be allowed in terms of the Premier League. They shouldn't have all these games postponed because look at the squad, what Burnley have. Their squad isn't in depth uh, compared to a Manchester United, compared to a Manchester City or Chelsea. Um, And if they had all their four or five games in hand, how would they seriously cope? Like if they had them like all at once, so if they had like three games in one, two games another week, I don't think they'd physically cope.
1: Yes, yeah, I, I think I think it is totally unfair because by the time we get to play our couple of games, we've got Fafana back now, which we didn't have. Oh,
2: that's brilliant!
1: You know, uh, for, you know, it's it's an old cliche, but it is almost like having a a new signing join you. Um, but you know (laughs) ralph husenthal of southampton he made a very good point that the team should be made to play those games with the players that were available or not available through illness at that time so if you've got like players were out with covid then you know they, they they're now free they should be able to play in the game but it's like you know, if we play somebody, we wouldn't be able to play for Farnham because he wasn't available at the time. And I think that's a very good point, actually.
2: Yeah, I agree. I think that would be an extremely fair point. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't. It's just like obviously when a player gets registered, you can't use that player until they're registered. So if they wasn't registered to play on that game when it was a postpon when it was meant to be happening, then they shouldn't use it. And I think that's a, yeah. an extremely good point, to be honest.
1: No, I, I do. I totally agree. You've got players coming back. You've got new players uh, as well. Hi, Scott. How are you? Welcome along, hey, sir. Uh, so let's get into the uh, the, the first game, um, which I've forgotten was on, to be honest with you. Um, but it was the aforementioned Norwich 3 Watford 0. And of course, this has led to led to, to this. Claudia Aneri, you're fired. Got to be the worst kept secret in the world, hasn't it?
2: Yeah. You know what? I really do feel sorry for Ranmere because the manager he is, he's such a professional manager, is well-respected in the Premier League, well-respected by many football mm. clubs. And you know what? This is such a poor signing from Watford. With the track record they have in terms of signing managers, it's just it's kind of like he's—they're trying to sabotage his legacy in a way by getting rid yeah. of him like this—and it's completely uh, disgusting. He is a like—he has got the highest win, one of the highest win rates in the Premier League uh, for a Chelsea manager. Like I was under a Chelsea manager, He um, played un- un- hundred ninety-nine Premier League games for Chelsea. He won—he done the impossible at uh, Leicester. Won them. The Premier League got them into the Champions League, got them far in the Champions League. And then you look at things like this, like bringing him for Watford and then not doing and doing something like this. I just think it's completely out of order. They could have at least done something like it was a mutual agreement if they wanted to get rid of him or um, just wait till the end of the season. Because no matter what manager they're going to get. Right, they're not gonna stay up because no. if you look at teams who are in the bottom, who are in the uh, relegation zone. It's very rare if they're in the relegation zone in December. they're not, it's very rare they'll come out of it by the end yeah. of the season.
1: Yeah, I just, I love Ranieri. Don't get me wrong. I mean, you know what he did with our team um, was was amazing. Um, I think he built on what. Pearson had left, but then would Pearson have won it? Probably not. And I, I, you know, if he came in here now, I'd be on my knees kissing his feet. But he isn't <laughs> a yeah feet. All right, he, he wasn't a he's not a sort of manager to get you out of trouble. You know, I mean, you know what I want to know is and Watford. I was watching Sky earlier, and it is that that they react rather than you know wait for us to go down and then sack him, sack them? I mean, you know, last season, or last time they were up. They got Nigel Pearson in. He actually got them out of the bottom three. I think there was two games to go or something. Can they sack him? <laughs> you just don't. They
2: just got that track record. they yeah. are never satisfied. and um, This is what they should do. Just bring in managers who haven't got that name, who haven't mm. had that experience. Because it doesn't matter if they've got plenty of experience like Ranieri or they, they've only been managing for a one day. They're still going to yeah. get sat re- regardless. And whoever wants to come to Watford, good on them because they're going to get a, a pay um, one of them checks by the end of a couple of months anyway, won't we? So,
1: and, and to me, you know, Ranieri, he's got, like you say, it's ruining his legacy. But then why is he taking on these jobs? You know, he isn't. Some managers cannot manage, you know, lower place clubs. You know, would, would Pep be able to get. You know, uh, Oldham up to the Premier no. League and winning it. You know, uh, actually Yeah, you know, Oli. He couldn't do it at Cardiff, but he did okay. For you know, for most. I know Man United weren't happy with him, but if he'd done what he did at United, at say Leicester or something, would would have been happy. Um, and Ranieri, you know, the season before, he he, he hadn't got Fulham out of trouble. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so who at Watford board looked at that and thought, do you know what? we'll get Ranieri in.
2: From what I was hearing in terms of Ranieri, supposed to be close with the owner of Watford or someone in the board of Watford. And I think it was just more like, oh, you're a friend here. Can you do me out as a favour? I haven't found anyone kind of thing. And I think that's what the blood boiled down to in terms of Mm. Ranieri. And I do agree with your point. There's some managers who are able to build a team up amazingly, but can't take them to the next step forward. There's some managers who can come in into a, a very good built team and then can take them to the next step forward. Yeah. And that is like the likes of Pet Guardiola's and that is the likes of, um, and then I would argue that Ole Sochar is the type who would build the team rather than take a team the next step forward. And with Ranrera, I think he is, he's kind of in the middle of both for me. I think he did build Leicester up to a degree, but I think he was able to take that um, team to the next step forward. Yes. But I do look at Ranreira and I think, Looking at his philosophy, his style of play, what teams would suit that now?
1: This is the fact, you know, this is very true. You know, managers that were good four or five seasons ago, football changes, football evolves. And, you know, Alex Ferguson would not get away these days, probably with the hair-dry treatment, like he used to. You know, oh. it worked for him. And, you know, I have total respect for him at Man United. You know, he... he what he did was nothing short of amazing. But could he manage these days with that attitude? Mourinho, you know, he he in the way he he came as the special one and he was winning titles. What was the last thing he won? You know, you sacked him, Spurs sacked him. It was on about Roma might be sacking him. You know, it's just it's, managers had to honestly think have a sell by date. And Ranieri, surely he's got enough money to retire. You know, going to be a director of football or something somewhere.
2: It'd be good that actually for him to be a director. I think it'd be good mm. maybe to go to Leicester and work with the board, perhaps and yeah. do something from there. Like a bit like a Ragnik at the moment, he's going into like a um a, a consultant role at Manchester yeah. United at the end of the season. Maybe that could be a good idea for Ranieri to try and take something like that with Leicester because I'm sure. Leicester would take him up with open arms after what he's done at Leicester City.
1: It is, as I say, my worry is that you only remembered you. you, you quite often, you remembered more for your bad decisions than you are for your good decisions. Right. You know, but yeah, it, totally true what you said because he came, he took over a Leicester side that we were down and we were dead and buried. You know, nobody had been at the bottom of the Premier League as long as us and survived. And we just had that miracle run. And he just, you know, <laughs> got onto the car as it was driving. And, he, you know, he tweaked it a little bit here and there, added his, added his Italian magic. Um, but apparently with Watford, and I don't know how people go in and manage like this, but at Watford, it, it is a coach. So you can't, you don't have any say on the players. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you, you know, it's somebody decides, right, these are the players you're having, this is who we're buying, you do it. But I really want Watford to get relegated because (laughs) I'm maybe being selfish here, but you were 12th when you sacked the guy before, you know, Munoz. No, yeah, Munoz. You were 12th when you sacked him in October. How's that worked out for you, Watford?
2: Well, that is just down to them, and I mm. strongly disagree with a lot of, with even Norwich of the way they sat their managers as well. Yes. I know yeah. with Daniel Falk, maybe it was his time to go, but the it was the way they sat him in that manner in terms of sacking him after the first win of the season. I know they yeah. brought in a much better appointment, but. You look at Watford; they do it on a quite a regular basis, and um, I think yeah. they should need to put something in place. Like you can't sack so many managers or in the space of it so long, and you do know something in the lines of that. Just I don't know because it's no.
1: yeah.
2: it's not fair on a lot of these managers. If you want me to be honest,
1: no, it's not. You and you know the Farke probably managers like that probably didn't get the backing from the club that they that they deserved. You know they come up. And you've got we know you've got to invest, and it's a very thin line between investing the right amount of money and not overspending and going bust by you know and going back down again. But you've got to support your manager to a certain degree. Uh, I mean West Brom did it, you know, they they sacked the manager um and put Sam Allardyce in charge within the first three games or something. I mean, it's just totally ridiculous. And you know, you've got a manager in there that's worked with these players, has brought them up and you get another manager coming in that has a different style of play, so he's getting all these people to play different ways, and now there's another manager going to come in who's going to have a different style of play totally, you know.
2: I think, though, Watford's... uh... If you look at Watford's team, it's kind of mismatched because I feel like there's a lot more strikers, a lot more attackers, and there's just hardly any defenders and midfielders. It's like you've got, like, seven strikers, seven attackers on the pitch because that's because they need to fit them all up. Yeah,
1: yes. Uh, Niall uh, just turned up – sorry, guys, I'm late. Well, as long as you've got a note, that's okay. Uh, Scott says – I wonder if on yeah, got an 8 million payoff after being released. I don't know. And now it says, hello, Maisie. Hello. He's, the, he's on a quiz tomorrow night. I've got a new quiz. He's, uh, he's, he's taking on Brad. I've got to, you've got to give Brad, it, he's, he's a trier. He really is. He, he very rarely wins, but he loves taking part. Um, God loves a trier, as they say. So, yeah, this was the first game. But let's if we just have a look at sort of who's gone this season. So the first one was October, and that was Munoz from Watford.
2: Yes.
1: Bruce kind of saw that coming. I don't think that was any surprise, was it? Not, um, not at all. I- I'm surprised he didn't get
2: sacked sooner, if you
1: want me, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, No, Um, And I think the owners just got a big tick off the fans just by sacking him, you know. That was October. I can't believe it. Bloody hell. Um, Santos then, at Tottenham. Yeah. Uh, Start of November, but again, he was the wrong manager. I mean, he was he was the son, like seventh or eighth choice. It was again never gonna last, was it?
2: No, not at all. Uh, When you do look at Spurs, they had loads of different managers who was lined up. But one of the managers who's lined up, they've got now, Uh, but and you know what? It went sour extremely quickly. Nuno, one manager of the month in August, yes, sacked after. I think it was after the defeat from Manchester United. Uh, that's when he got sacked. And that's, I'm sure that was around October, November.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, like I say, I think sometimes, the, the, you know, you always say, you say, why do these managers take the jobs? But it is the fact they know they're going to get paid off if they if they fail. But they always say these days that that football is a corporate business and it's run by businessmen. Well, it can't be because if they ran their businesses, like they ran the football clubs, <laughs> they'd be bankrupt you know um we had Farquay and smith go within a day of each other and then obviously we know smith ended back up at norwich uh where's Farky? has Farky gone to um jeffield united now or something i'm
2: sure he has yeah He's gone yeah, to jeffield, yeah. Like
1: that. and then uh and this to be honest with you i was in tears when this happened i was in tears November the 21st, 2021. It will be a black day in Manchester United's history because you've stacked oh. Ollie Gunn at Solskjaer. And, uh, you know, he was at the wheel for so long. And then you've now got somebody else at the wheel. He's doing pretty much the same. He's just on a different side of the road. It's... Um...
2: A lot of uh, United fans are delusional. That's all I can say, Chris. But you know what, I'm one of them, I'll always back my manager, unless mm. there's a certain reason why I couldn't back the manager any longer, and, and I think a lot of people disrespected Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. they tried to ruin his club, uh, his club player legend off him, and The the, the death threats he had, it was disgusting, absolutely disgusting. And things like that, it made me feel absolutely ashamed to be a Manchester United supporter. By the way, they carried on. And then once he got sacked, everybody was upset. I'm going to hold my hands up here. Even after the Villarreal loss in the Europa League final, I said, right, we still improved it. We still got to a final, which we haven't done before. We've got to second place. We've got these signings now. It can only improve. And I think having more egos at the club, um, mm. I think that definitely was the downfall of Oli. And I think what really done it for me, it was the Leicester City loss, actually, the 4-2. And I said, like, I, can't, I can't keep doing this. We've lost Aston Villa at home. We've yeah. lost to Everton. Well, we drew to Everton what felt like a loss. It's... The only convincing game we had under Oli that season, this season, was at Leeds, the first game of the season. And then since then, we lost five nil to uh, our arch rivals in the league. We lost to Watford, which was disgusting. We lost to Manchester City, and you can't accept these kind of results. As much as I love Oli Gudosojia, you just really couldn't No, except them results, and you knew that his time was up. But it's just about it's the principle to say, okay, Ola, it didn't work. Thank you for your time at Manchester United. Never seen these kind of threats from Jose Mourinho, never seen these threats of Louis Van Gaal. never seen these threats from David Moyes. So is it because people think Oligona Solchar is soft?
1: It's funny because it's like with Claudio, like I say. Kiss his feet if he walked in now. But he had to go when we sacked him. You know, he'd taken us right down to, I think we were 17th at the end of the day. And we could have easily been in the Champions League and got relegated. You know, As it happened, we ended up being the worst ever uh, defenders of the Premier League. I think we finished 12th. But I, to me, again, I just think I think the owners need to start taking some blame. Because they make the appointments... You know, you had you had Oli, who, as an example, was on um, caretaker role. You took him on, and yeah. he was coming in as a caretaker. But then, before he'd finished his caretaker stint, you'd given him the job.
2: That was the same with the contract extension. We gave him the contract extension whilst he still had a year. Um, you, I keep saying this, and I, I will say this, no matter what manager we will get. Nothing is gonna change when we've got the same board and we have got the same owners. You need to look at it as a bit like a pyramid. If you look at you wanna look at the bottom half to get that replaced, fine. But you need to sort the top half of it. And if the top half is remaining the same, that's just going to flow down to the bottom half of the table, yeah. uh, the bottom half of that pyramid as well. So nothing will change unless there's a, a whole new rebuild at Manchester United. And that is how it's got to this point. And you got people who was celebrating the Glazers for Oli getting sacked, People making Oli out protests. Why are you asking for Oli out protests? It's a, it, we should be wanting the glazers out,
1: yes. Yeah, it it's I mean it's such a funny season. I mean, we do the prediction league, you know, you've been on it with us, and you know Brad Brad's a miles ahead, and then this week he didn't get any points at all. It's just a funny season all round, and I think it's really hard to you know, because on paper. It's an easy game. You know, we do the predictions. Yeah, you know, Man City will beat Southampton easily sort of thing. And it isn't. Anybody can beat anybody in this league this season. But Benitez went in January. And as I were we just said, um, Claudia Ranier has just gone eight. I don't know if there'll be any more or not. It will be interesting. Um Too cool. <laughs> 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 well, but yeah, you're thinking Chelsea. I mean, you know, Leicester fans They've booed off form. the team after after the Cardiff after the if after the Brighton game. You don't know They've who's you know. It, it's it, it's silly, and I, I actually said this on the show earlier. I'm actually turning into like a mini Arsenal fan because <laughs> I am coming off these. Get I know I know. Kill <laughs> At myself. least we know
2: that's one manager who's not going to get sat satartetto.
1: He's going well, exactly, yeah, <laughs> exactly. But you know, you, you, I, I am moaning. But you would have success, and you only you only think you want more for the club because of what Alex Ferguson brought you. If you don't have the success, you don't have the expectations. You know, yeah. we've we as a club have got these expectations because we've finished twice, two years, and been in Europe for two consecutive years, and a few years ago we won the uh, Premier League. But there's other clubs coming good, you know. You're you're there there about Southampton, of Southampton, um, Spurs are, Arsenal are. So it, it's it's a weird, weird season, and I don't think we've seen the end of the uh, the sackings at all. To you be need honest to with look at it
2: as well. Like as an as a club, you look at all these clubs who are succeeding. It's the clubs who are run by like oil money, Saudi mm. Arabian money, blah 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 blah. Yeah. Does this mean? It has to get to the point where your club has to be run by that kind of investment. You you can't have a um, um a owner like with owners what's been in back in the seventies, eighties, nineties for a club to succeed. You need a a billionaire to take over your club to actually succeed in the Premier League now and to succeed in football.
1: I think you do, to be honest with you. Uh, I mean, if you look at say Leicester. We've got rich owners, mm-hmm. but when they're not up there with Man City, Newcastle, mm-hmm. but Oldham and Newport and Rochdale and clubs like that will look at us and go, "Yeah, we wish we had the money Leicester had." But you know, it, so it's all, it's all kind of relative, if you like. I mean, you know, you've got so much debt that you never had before the Glazers took you over. You know. Never. No. And you know whatever you say about Newcastle, and I know they were glad to see the back of Mike Ashley, but he didn't have them in debt. You know, and there's a lot to be said for that. Ask ask um, Darby about you know, being in debt and what it can do to you. But I, it's just, and I I, I know we our fans are going to go mad because we're not making any signings in this transfer window. But the fact of the matter is, and we have to accept it. Like you say, we haven't got rich oil-based owners. Our our owners have made their money from duty-free shops at airports, which to be honest with you haven't been open for like 18 months. So they're not going to make the money. So what do you do? Do you risk it and take a loan out and try and buy somebody? And then you're in that you're in that spiral like Leeds were years ago, where you're just spending to try and you know you could tread water if you like, you know, but uh but anyway. Moving on, we've put we've put the world to rights now they're Maisie. You know, you and me should run the uh run the FA. Um oh, we are
2: do a good job, I'm sure.
1: Yeah, we were. We'd sort them out. We'll sort them out. Scott says, I'm happy as as we're not buying this window, give the youngsters an opportunity. To be honest with you, you know, we we've it was funny, we played in the FA Cup and none of those matches got called off. Because you were allowed to play youth players and under 23s, exactly. and they put in a lot more bloody effort than Perez did. Ugh.
2: I must be um, honest, though, that a lot of clubs, well, I'm um, well. Certain clubs are taking the COVID postponements as a bit of a joke by actually using their actual injuries instead of COVID injuries to postpone yes. a game, which is absolutely disgusting. Use your youth players. doesn't matter if they're good, the crap, the average. You use your youth players because you shouldn't have this game postponed because it's not weather-related. It's not COVID-related. It's not mm. anything in the circumstances two years ago three years ago before coronavirus if you had nine injuries you would still have to play that pitch yeah. and you would play it with your youngsters look at Leeds mm. this season they haven't had a game postponed mm.
0: um
2: because of their injuries look how many injuries they had how many yep. injuries they got this season they yep. probably got us they've probably had a squad full and a bench full of injuries this season if they added every single injury up one by one. Mm.
1: Agreed, totally, and I've got to be careful here because obviously we are a team that did ask for a couple of games to be called off. Um, but
2: COVID-related,
1: yes. It <laughs> that's kind of if it's
2: COVID-related, it's different. But when it's literal injuries, well, I think,
1: and when you get a team like Arsenal that want it called off for COVID, and then because they haven't got any midfielders, and then they go and let one go to France or whatever it is, that's a bit bit dodgy, but isn't there, it?
2: In, there... Uh, midfielders were out because of COVID. Their, inj- their um, midfielders were out due to injuries, due to low yeah. knees and due to recards. Yes. Not because yeah. of COVID-related.
1: Well, it, it suddenly became COVID-related, didn't it? But, I mean, for me, the FA at the start should have just said, OK, guys. Oh, not the Premier League. Sorry, not the FA. The Premier League should have said, OK, guys, we're going to give you an extra five players that you can pick from your players that you've got signed to the club so when we played Watford in the in the FA Cup it was our first game of this the, of the season of January sorry and we won 4-1 now I know it was Watford and what have you but we ended up that game with six us. youth players on mm, exactly um, and we still outplayed another premiership team so anyway that would have been it but this was the game that um, ended Rafa's reign at Everton what were you, what you is your thoughts about uh, Rafa going to Everton?
2: You know what? I think it was an absolutely silly move to make. And knowing that he is a Liverpool fan through and through, it's almost like, did you come to Everton to tarnish that club? Because look mm. at them. They're near enough at relegation. Their yeah. best players are actually players that Rafa signed Townsend and Damari Gray. They're, they've actually been arguably less um, Everton's best players. Because I. I actually look at the squad, at Everton's, I think this is the worst Everton squad I have seen in years. It's an absolute disgrace of a club, and there is, if Burnley win all their games in hand, they are in massive trouble. Yes.
1: Yeah, yeah, the, 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 they are. But do you not think? I mean, when 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 Everton signed Benitez, I actually thought it was a good, a good a good decision because. You know they've had, um you know they've bought a lot of good players over the years, uh, and they've had a couple of they've tried, you know, a couple of big name managers. Um Kumanot was not Koeman, um Ancelotti couldn't wait to, to leave, could he? But I, 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 just, <laughs> I just think again, Benitez has, has had his time. He's come to the end now, you know. Booger off and retire and let somebody else. I mean, look at the other end of the scale, which is the team they played there and the team that beat them 1 0. Um, Stephen Gerrard. Now, we can joke that, yeah, all right, he's not had any managerial experience and he's only been in Scotland and, you know, you or me could manage Rangers you know, at the moment to, to win it. But he's played under some top managers. He's obviously learned it. And whether we you know, he has had that experience, and he has—he has surprised me. He has come down, and he's taken Villa by the scuff of the throat. He's being backed with some amazing signings, you know, Cortino. I mean, what a what a signing that was! Dig, I can never say the name. Digney is Dignan. it from Everton? Yeah, and they got El Ghazi in return. My God, you know, <laughs> we know we've got the better end of that deal, but you know, Villa are everything that Everton aren't.
2: I think you know what I I hate I hate being nice about Stephen Gerrard. I hate it, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> Stephen Gerrard. I know you're saying like anyone can manage Rangers, but you need to look at in this way. He won Rangers their first league in over a decade ago. Yeah. He still managed to do that. He had some quality players there at mm. um rangers of Kamara, Morelos. He he kept him in the he kept him in the Europa League all the way up to it was the quarterfinals, I believe. Uh, the quarters of the semis last season. So he'd mm. done pretty decent, to be honest, Stephen Gerrard. And, yeah. and he'd he done an invincible season. So you look at stuff like that, and you think. That is not what a lot, of managers, a lot of managers can really do. Even the top managers, like a pet Guardiola, can't do mm. an invincible season in the Premier no. League. So you've got to take your hats off to him in that kind of respect. So coming to Aston Villa, I think, yes, he's done the smarter move compared to a Frank Lampard of a couple of seasons ago, moving from a Derby to a Chelsea, because I think that step was a bit too. Far. I love
1: that accent Derby. Derby. <laughs> Um, that's Derby for anybody that isn't from the north of the uh, country
2: (laughs) (laughs) you look at obviously Frank Lampard and I think his step was a bit too far but I think Steven Gerrard is actually doing a smart move by going to Aston Villa because yes it isn't like a Liverpool. And if he wants to go to a Liverpool, he's got that experience in the Premier League and he's building his legacy up in the Premier League. And I think a lot of players are going to Aston Villa base because they want to play with Steven Gerrard yeah. Because of the, the player, the midfielder he has been in the Premier League, and he's arguably arguably I, I'm
1: <sighs> Go on, say it. Hang on, one second, one second. Let me just do this. <laughs> Right, say it now, say it now, then I can clip it. <laughs> he
2: is arguably a good midfielder.
1: <laughs> on, who are we talking about, Maisie?
2: <laughs> oh, I thought we were talking about um, Irobi. then, doesn't matter.
1: <laughs> I thought we were talking about about, um, about Fred. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Fred has still got the same amount of goals and assists as Jack Elish this season.
1: <laughs> so, you are saying that um, basically Stephen Gerrard wasn't a bad player. which yes, is <laughs> Which is fine. Pretty
2: much. And yeah. I think a lot of people will want to come to play with Stephen Gerrard. And he's doing such a good job. He's taking in a way, Ranger style of players, that attacking kind of play. Bringing in, he's still using a bit of the youth play. And as well as that, bringing in some new signings, who are experienced, continue over one in the Premier League, uh, people say he's got a good legacy at Liverpool, just as Steven Gerrard does. Hmm. Indignant people say brilliant left-back, and he's rumoured as well to get Gomez from Liverpool. Yeah. And I say the- it's all because of Steven Gerrard of being course. there, because of the kind of player he was uh, 10 years ago in the Premier League, because people look at him and think, right, this is one of the best midfielders in the Premier League. That's not true. Hmm fact, though. But yeah. <laughs> people would argue about that, that he is one of the greatest midfielders ever, and he would argue he's probably the greatest ever captain for Liverpool, too. Yeah, he wants Suarez, too, but the thing is, where was Suarez fit if he's got yeah. Ollie Watkins and Danny Ings? And that yeah. is something what you do need to look at, because if that's the case, which one's getting dropped?
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I'm, I'm a little bit jealous. I would have liked, because Coutinho was linked with us for Virtually the past four windows because of the um, uh, Rogers link, because Rogers obviously took uh. him to, to 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 Liverpool. But I've got to say, at the end of the day, you know, I, I don't want the club to go bust, and we're talking wages and what have you. And all all power to to to, to, to Villa. Um, I don't know whether they'll do it this season or not. I mean, they're actually still only down in um, I've lost them where are, in eleventh place. Um, just behind Leicester to be honest with you on the same points you know <laughs> they've won lost, lost, drawn one but I think he's building a, a firm foundation there and I think the only thing for me is Villa have got to worry that if and when Liverpool come knocking for him
2: yeah I think it will be a matter of time it probably mm. will I'd say give it three years uh, it will, probably will go to Liverpool, and it's. Mm. I think it's always also dependent on Klopp because people think that Klopp might be leaving by the end of next season.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, who do you think would be a good fit for Everton? I mean, you know, there's always the same old names bandied about, isn't there? You know,
2: um, a lot of people want Wayne Rooney at uh,
1: yeah.
2: Everton, um. I don't know. I don't know whether Wayne Rooney will go just based on the circumstances of Derby, but um, I think knowing that he is uh, considered one of the uh, one of the great players of Everton, despite him having a better legacy at Man United, uh, <laughs> you had
1: to get that in. You yes, had to get that in. Of
2: course, I did. <laughs> but he's still considered as one of their kind of legends as well, in a, in a way. So, and he still has passion for the club. He still loves the club, and I think yes. he probably knowing that. Uh, Wayne Rooney has also done the impossible at Derby because look, what is it? Nine points from saving saving Derby yeah. from relegation, and you look yeah. at that. How many managers could do that these days? No, he's still,
1: and and he supported them with his own money at times, and yeah. you know, he, he all credit to all joking aside about him, but all credit to him for that. And maybe it's. Too soon, you know. We've seen the Solshaw to Man United, the Lampards to Chelsea. Maybe it is just a little bit too soon for him, and maybe he wants to be the manager that follows the manager that follows Beneath. Maybe. But well, I don't
2: think Everton is as big jump as a Chelsea or
1: a Man United, though, to no. be honest. No, they're not, but you're taking over a sliding ship there. And yes, he has done well at Derby, but he he'd been there a little while. he hadn't gone into Derby you know, in, in that sort of situation. He inherited it. But, I mean, I uh, you know, you, you look at Everton, and like you say, you know, lost, drawn, lost, lost, lost. They're not, as you said, you know, 19 points. They're only three points above Norwich, and they've got games in hand. But like we always say, they've got to win them, and that's the thing. Um, Brentford Wolves, I mean, Brentford lost four in a row now I like Brentford um I don't want them to get Ericsson because I'm hoping we might get him but it looks like he's going to Brentford and Wolves and large that again I thought they struggle without Nuno but that they, they're not they're doing well and it was that was pretty much as the result as I expected but I do hope Brentford stay up
2: yeah, I do like Brentford, minus the salty comments that uh, Thomas Frank said about Sancho. Um,
1: <laughs> to be honest,
2: I actually do like Brentford as a football club, and this is a kind of football club i love to see in the Premier League, yes. who hasn't been in the Premier League and works in the Premier League, because yeah. you look at them in the Championship, they was made for the Premier League several seasons ago, but they just couldn't get there. They, yeah. they needed that one final push, which I actually think Ivan Tony totally done for them. Mm. Um, you look at them, I actually think that Brentford they get sniffed out more by lower uh, the lower league of the table because you look at it their performance is much much poorer when you mm. when they played the Burnley they played Norwich they've lost they've lost against Wolves when they won against Wolves at the start of the season you mm. look at things like that and I think is it injuries what's played up because there's been David Raya their first choice goalkeeper out, and they've had several other injuries, or is it just simply the fact that teams are already sniffing out Brentford? Because I actually do believe it is the lower league table, the lower league of the table that's sniffing out Brentford, but the likes mm. of um, the Chelseas, the Liverpools are not sniffing them out as quickly as the, the smaller teams.
1: Indeed, and I, I, but I, say I I would love somebody like Everton to go down and Brentford to stay up. Yeah, same. Just, yeah, just, and not because it's Everton, if it's Newcastle or you know, I just like the bigger clubs to go down and, and fit feel what it's like and the bigger clubs to come up and, and stay up, you know, like like Sheffield United and and what have you, you know. Now as I say Brentford have shot me this season. I love the ground because of the crowd are right on you. It reminds me of Tyne Castle, the home of hearts in Scotland. You get goosebumps.
2: To be honest, I wasn't exactly surprised about Brentford because I actually I Watching Brentford for the past couple of years in the championship myself, I actually mm. thought they would be made for the Premier League, and especially if they have two Yo-Yo clubs, for instance, who come through of an Norwich and a Watford who always do and come back yeah. down. They've yeah. got only a third chance. They've got what like two thirds of a chance to staying up. So they've obviously taught their advantages, which they have. They made brilliant signings in the in the summer transfer window, what really mm. helped. Um one of them, I can't remember his name, but uh, he um, he's from Nigeria, one of them. Mm. Um, and they, they've still kept a lot of the good players there at Brentford. And they've just improved the squad. So that's what you need to do. And that's what Lee's done last season. They made so many signings, improved the squad, and then they stayed up. But they've obviously not done as good this season. And But I think they haven't done as bad enough to get relegated. We'll obviously touch on these a little bit later, but this is Mm. what you need to do in the Premier League when you're newly promoted. You need to strengthen your squad massively. You need to get squad depth because you know you're going to pick up injuries because the Premier League isn't like the Championship. Yes, it's less intense in terms of the amount of games you're playing. You're not playing that twice a week. You're not playing as frequently, but it's uh, more intense because you're playing the big dogs in. you're playing yeah. teams who have got 25 men who are always fully fit or you've got 25 men who's worth 50 million each. Do you get what I mean? You've got yeah. that kind of intensity in the Premier League. Ones who are playing in Europe as well. Ones who are winners of FA Cups, Carabao Cups, you name it. Ones with big histories. And this is why it's always so difficult to be staying in the Premier League when you've got teams like Brentford in them. And when you see that, I think it's brilliant. Yeah, Okonga, that's it. I'm
1: just going to say, Niall... I mean, obviously, I think I think that was Mr. Google that helped you with that. Because I just hope that you have your football knowledge working. Because coming up next, we have um, the Big Fat Football Quiz Two: The Return, and this is going ahead to tomorrow at seven. Like I say, Brad is taking on um, uh, uh, Niall there. Man United taking on Leicester, so we know what way that's going to go and uh, it's a little bit different. You know me, I like to do sort of different kind of um, uh, 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 quizzes. So here we go. Now versus Brad, tomorrow at 7 o'clock, we've got four. Yes, I can see Maisie's face there. We've got four categories of five questions each. We've got who are you? We've got peep show. We've got snog, marry, avoid, and we've got 69. Now, which is a good one to end on, I always think. So that is what you've got to look forward to tomorrow, Niall. <laughs> Why have you got stuff by your point? <laughs> you, you know, it will all make sense tomorrow, but I don't want to spoon in the surprise. Is,
2: because... is one of them including like the likes of like, Mason Mount in there or something?
1: <laughs> well, I, as I'm talking, as, I'm, as the quiz is with two men, I don't know whether, <laughs> you know... <laughs> Maybe when, if you come on, Maisie. I mean, you're like me, I, I don't like taking part, I must admit. But, um,
2: no, I'm not a fan of it, I prefer hosting it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, now says, Can't wait for this. <laughs> yeah, what, Snog Marry in the Void or 69? Not sure what Snog you mean marry there, Niall. Marry.
2: Niall's question is Snog Marry a Void, Chris, Brad, Brendan Rogers. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Now, now <laughs> we'll, we'll move quickly on the aforementioned Leeds. again. Leeds had had a couple of good wins, were started, had moved away from the relegation zone. I think they will be safe. Uh, Newcastle managed to hold on to a, a lead for once. Um, something Leicester can't do, but um, I still think Newcastle might go down.
2: I do as well, to be honest. Like... You look at the signings they've got. Yes, they've got two signings. <laughs> is two signings near enough the the right amount to no. rebuild Newcastle? And the answer, just as Chris said, no. They they need a whole new team to yeah. uh, be in the Premier League. They've lost far too many points now. I I don't think it is any uh, any fault of. Uh, Eddie out because I think he's just gone into an impossible job and he was another one just like Nuno who wasn't the first choice because everyone knew that uh, Newcastle went in Edinburgh
0: so mm.
2: he's coming to this job, he's coming to a very impossible job knowing that this co- this team of Newcastle I'd actually consider him as uncoachable I'd re- that's how I would consider Newcastle they're quite an uncoachable team Um, to get a win and a clean sheet. I'd say you know what? Fair play on fair play Ooh. to Newcastle on Leeds. Buckle your ideas up, because I'll tell you something, let's put a manager to leave, not to get sacked. He'll be walking.
1: Yes, yeah. I don't think they would would sack him, like you say, but I do think that he he could walk. I mean, you know, I mean you you're looking at that but that that bottom three and had Leeds won it yesterday, yeah, or whenever it was Saturday, I think that would have been them safe, to be honest with you. Um, you know, they've been on, on twenty-five, they'd be in mid table. I mean, Burnley, they have got a couple of games in hand, but you just can't see them winning them, can you? That's the problem. And yeah. I don't know, Newcastle. I I say I say with Leicester that we would not have achieved what we achieved if we hadn't gone down to League One for a season. Because as painful as it was, because we'd never been down, we'd always never been down lower than the top two tiers. And we went down to League 3. Ollie took us down. And he wasn't a bad manager because he, you know, he went on to take Blackpool up to the Premier League after mm-hmm. us. So it was just the case of whoever was manager there could not have kept Leicester up. It had just been years and years of stagnation. But going down, Pearson came in, he kicked all the Deadwood out. He got a couple, you know, got... Most of his players are on loan because then if we didn't, you know, if we did go up, we weren't stuck with players that weren't good enough. And I think that could be Newcastle saving grace.
2: I agree. I think what Newcastle need to do, they need to look at the top half of the table for loanees. They need to look at the bottom half of the table. So if I was Newcastle, I just what they've done with Burnley, we can... The, the opposition that the players around the teams around yeah. them you yeah. look at for instance i would say like even get another billy player a tyrosky or than me that would be another player i personally get for newcastle Loney, yeah. they want jesse lingard even yeah. though we don't want to loan him because he's out of a contract in the summer um even loan donny Donner. or you look at mm. um Manchester and Manchester City, they've got a couple of youngsters they'd be happy to loan in. They'll probably want to loan in Cole Palmer for one. Um, Liverpool, doubt they'll probably want to loan him anyone out just because of the squad depth. But yeah. they could still look at the players what they're not really using. Maybe they could probably potentially loan out Curtis Jones. Yeah, Curtis Jones yeah. could be a really good shout for Newcastle as well because I think with a couple of game time under his belt, he could be a potentially very good midfielder for years to come in the Premier League too.
1: Yeah. I don't know if you saw this earlier. Uh, Niall did say, uh, avoid Rodgers and Marion and snog Laura Woods. I think we need to say that to that. Um, and Scott says here, Question. I mean, for me, so before I come on to that, Scott, I don't know. And we had Chris Woods at Leicester, and he was a good, good player for us. Uh, Fortunately, he he just fell down behind Nugent and Vardy, and and he was you know third in in line. And of course, we had Ujowa as well. Um, he did. I think he actually scored our first goal back in the Premier League. But I don't know whether it's such a good sign-in for Newcastle or just the fact that they have weakened one of their main rivals so much.
2: A part of me thinks it's smart, and the reason why it is mm. smart is they are weakening um, Burnley down. I don't think, though, that Chris Wood is a long-term investment. I think no. it's an investment that they want now, and I think mm. they'll probably want him probably till, I'd say, maybe for next year, you yeah. know, just to try and make sure they're safe in the Premier League. Apart from that, I couldn't see why they wanted Chris Wood, to be fairly honest. Yeah. If you look at it, though, maybe he was probably one of the only fit, uh, what, the only striker who has remained fit all season in the Premier League. So, you know, his injury record is very good. Mm. Or maybe at the fact that they probably looked for about six uh, strikers and they couldn't get anyone like Fla- uh, Flauvovic. They wanted him yeah. and they couldn't get him.
1: And I suppose with mean, Newcastle, I mean Newcastle could literally—it's scary—but they can afford to do that. You know, they can sign players for two or three years and then get rid of them if they want to pay them off, and it just—it's just pocket change for them. But what Scott said here, Maisie, is if Newcastle stay up and Leeds go down, could you see Bielsa going to Newcastle?
2: No, 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 no. Bielsa would not go to Newcastle, I really can't see it to be honest. I don't think he'll want to go to a club, like uh, leave a club like Leeds who is fighting relegation well, near enough fighting relegation yeah. to go to a club to fight relegation I don't think that's mm. Bielsa's style I just don't think he'll want to do that and I think if he does, he'll probably want to go to another championship club or maybe even abroad yeah. to yeah. rebuild the team all over again because we all know Bielsa can do that
1: Yeah, and then we have the Ooh. most controversial game of the weekend: Manchester VAR one, West Ham United nil. Um,
2: I believe VAR in this one. I really don't. Let's talk about Liverpool for VAR. But actually,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean it doesn't matter at the end of the day. um I was watching some. Do you remember? You're probably too young to remember, but I was watching on YouTube earlier, and don't worry, it's not rude. <laughs> but there was a, a shot, and you had a goalkeeper, Carol, somebody, Carol. Mm-hmm. And there was a shot from just inside the halfway line that went over his head, that he grabbed when it was over the line, and pulled it out, and the linesman didn't give it. He said it didn't cross the line. Now, yeah, we had that then, and it wasn't just United. That was just an example that I've seen. And we get these VAR decisions, and are we not just going to accept now that some will go our way, some won't?
2: I think that is the case at the end of the day. I really do think that VAR has been very poorly used in the Premier League. You look at a lot of VAR decisions in the league, and it's just kind of like, are they doing it to benefit certain clubs, or are they just doing it because they're absolutely useless? Cause you look at teams in Germany, you look at Bundesliga, La Liga, mm. uh, Serie A. Do you see these kind of controversial decisions in these kind of leagues? No, you don't, and that makes me even believe. Are, are the, people who use VAR, do, do they not know how how to be a video assistant referee?
1: No, I don't think they do. I I actually mentioned this to um, Julian. You know, the ex-Leicester player that I have on. And my idea for VAR is, yeah, I don't think you should have referees doing it. I think you should have ex-players doing it. That
2: would be a good idea. It would be because really you're good not, idea.
1: Yeah, you get all your well-known players. When they've stopped football, if they're not going into management, they're going to become a pundit for somebody. You know, there's so many channels now, they'll all become a pundit. But when you go down to sort of championship and further down level, those those players may get a newspaper deal, you know, with the local South Shields Gazette or something, but they're not going to make you know have the opportunities that the prem stars do. And like Julian said, he would love to do that. But what they can do as players is, and I suggested this after we got caught out once, where yes, it touched the guys, it touched the Leicester player's hand, so it was a penalty, but the the, the opposition player was actually pushing him down. Mm -hmm. and that was the foul not the handball yes it was a handball but that should have been given and you know you had Ian Wright and Alan Shearer both obviously ex-players saying that exact same thing and I just think if you've got ex-players in there that can look at a game look at the decision and go yeah that that's happened because of that so no I'm not giving it something like that and I, how many of these how many of these referees have actually played the game?
2: No, I actually think there was a couple of controversial ones this week, obviously for the Sunday games, but I do genuinely believe that they don't know what they're doing I don't no. they really don't
1: no. um
2: do you want me to touch on this? decision anyway with the onside decision and to why yeah, i think well, was onside. Well, we're,
1: talk, we're talking man united i mean it was a good win for you because yeah. obviously west ham were up there for you so you know whichever side won was was you know it was going to be good for them you, you know you're up into fourth again now um you just you are inconsistent though aren't you
2: we're very inconsistent, if you want me to be honest, and we need. No, I want to you to lie to me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Tell me um, lots of lies. <laughs> we need
2: to be honest. I'm glad we're in fourth, considering where we was by the time yeah. we lost Watford, and I suppose this is what people say: you need to hit rock bottom before you can actually start building back up again. And I think that was probably what the case was. Um yeah. we need to look at these kind of games against West Ham and improve upon that. Um, we can't afford to lose these silly points anymore like we've lost the points against Wolves already and Newcastle. We can't afford to lose any further points because look at the gap between us and Chelsea right now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And look at the points with
2: us, Arsenal, Spurs. It's very little and West Ham.
1: That said though, you're you're nine points off Chelsea and you've got two games in hand. But like you say, we've said so many times, you've got to win these games, you know. And, I think Man United having a disappointing season. I, I think that they um, should have been doing better with the squad of players that they had. And I did say at the I start of the season do. that if you don't win something this season, Solskjaer will be gone. He um, didn't obviously last that long, but uh, I'm, I'm disappointed. I thought it would be a more. I thought everybody was just playing for fifth. To be honest with you,
0: I'm if you not, want me-
2: to be honest, we should we should have been like competing for the league with the squad we've got, and we wasn't with the squad we've got if you was obviously Leicester, you've you won the squad. How much did your squad cost when you won the league? It cost peanuts compared P-nut. to yeah. the, the lights of Manchester City, the lights of yes. Liverpool, Newcastle uh, I us. Yeah. And you look at that and you we think we have, you have bought Varane, considered one of the best centre backs in the world, you bought Ronaldo, considered one of the best players in the world, you bought Sancho, who's got um the uh, the fifth highest goals and assists in Europe. Mm. So you look at things like that and you think how how are we not further than what we are? Why have we not got a closed gap between us and Manchester City? How have we yeah. not how have we not won these games Are uh, against Wolves, against Everton, against what? Well, uh, against um, Aston Villa. You do look at these kind of games and you feel nothing but disappointment.
1: Do you think, when and I, I may have asked you this before on a show, was Ronaldo not wanted by Solskjaer, but it was a case of if you didn't get him, he was going to go to Man City and that was never going to happen?
2: I think that was potentially... I think potentially... Maybe he wasn't the list of Manchester United, but I think it was more like Fergie said, oh, like you're not coming to Manchester City. How could you do this? Would you want to ruin your Manchester United legacy just so you can win two Premier League trophies? No. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the way it was. And I think what it was more the fact that Ronaldo said to Juventus, I ain't staying here. Um, Look at it in the reality. Minus Manchester City, what club actually wanted Cristiano Ronaldo? There was no mm. club who was actually no. coming out and saying, I want to buy Cristiano Ronaldo with the amount we bought him for. And with the guest player in the world like that, you should expect at least five clubs wanting to snatch him up.
1: Yeah, exactly. And you've got Burnley next, which should be three points for you. Um, but you are at Burnley, but I mean it's only it's only up the road for you, isn't it? You know. Um take care, Scott. Say, Thanks a lot, mate. Say
2: hi from here. Say hi Burnley, how are you? <laughs>
1: <Exactly>. <laughs> hey, I remember it, remember. I was I was there many, many years. Um mean? and then this this was the shock, wasn't it, really? Southampton man. I mean, they actually have the audacity to go ahead, but well done, Southampton.
2: Southampton was robbed, they were mm. absolutely robbed. Two goals disallowed in the first half. Two goals disallowed. Them two goals shouldn't have been disallowed. What was it, favoritizing Manchester City so you can win on the league? No. Southampton played extremely, extremely well. And you know what? Hats off to Southampton. Getting two draws, getting a draw for Man City, who are, are current champions, getting a draw against Man United at the start of the season. Mm. Um, Fair play. And they actually put a good performance on against. Um, um, Chelsea, and they was extremely unlucky to come out with a, yeah. no points On that game. So you know what? Fair play to Southampton because I think a lot of people um underestimated them because they've lost so many signings. They they lost um they lost uh, Vestergaard to uh, use, which you probably hate right now. They can have him, they
1: can have him <laughs> back.
2: Have <laughs> require or Vestergaard?
1: Who would I sooner have? Yeah. Oh, God, Maguire, hands down. Do
2: you want to buy him back then?
1: (laughs) We'll swap you for Vestergaard. Ah, no thanks. Ah. (laughs) We'll give you £20 for him. (laughs) I mean, mean, for us, Maguire was a fantastic defender. You know, he got into the England squad. Um, Mm. The grass isn't always greener, unfortunately. Ask Danny Drinkwater that. So it doesn't always work out, and he had that huge tank, But he did have a he did have. I think after his first season, he did actually have a good season for you. Um, he, did.
2: he did, but he but, went to a poor season,
1: a yeah, very poor season.
2: And yes, I think bit. it's got to the point where he's disrespected the club. And as a as a Leicester fan, if your captain went um, through the band on the floor the way Harry Maguire done that to Manchester as a Manchester United fan. If, mm. if if your captain done that, how would you feel like disrespecting the armband like that? You wouldn't like it, would you really?
1: I think the manager, I would hate it. I, I would not be impressed as a fan. But I think the manager should then strip him of the captaincy.
2: He should have been stripped after that Greece incident. That's when mm. he should have been stripped because you can't have a... A captain who's got all this going on in the limelight, and look at before he came to Manchester United, what captaincy material did he really have? He wasn't a captain for Leicester. He wasn't ever the captain for England. So where did he get his captaincy from? Oh, and another thing that annoyed me about Harry Maguire when he went like up. He, right, he was telling us to shut up. Right,
1: let me just let me show, show you this. Right, this is this is my Leicester City. 2022 calendar and i've got to look at this for 31 days right look who's on it (laughs) and look look what he's doing that 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 in fairness is his celebration jamie vardy does it all the time to the opposing fans i mean don't do it to your own fans i agree you know that's you know that that's just thinking he's bigger than he is but i mean he wanted the captaincy at, at man united um do you no have a defender as a captain i don't it's, uh, i mean uh, and i mean you, you've got to look as well as the the team that he's come into or, or the last couple of seasons has been struggling and there's been a lot of mm-hmm. turmoil and a lot of upheaval um so it has made it difficult. But yeah, I mean, as long as you didn't want 80 million for him, I I would have him back.
2: Well, here's a deal. Um, Maguire for Tielemans.
1: No, how about I tell you what? We'll give you a two for one. How about Maguire? Because you obviously need defenders. So Maguire for Bertrand and Vestergaard. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> please, please.
2: Maguire for um
1: for and no. million Apparently, I mean it's ridiculous For far, no. he's not been with us a, He's been with us one full season almost And he's been yeah. injured since the start of this season And Madrid or Barcelona are after him It's ridiculous It, it really is uh, Telemans, you might get Telemans I mean, you know, the thing with Telemans is You know, it's been 12 months here Let's wake up and smell the coffee He isn't going to sign a new contract Mm-hmm. he he's not so it is a case of we're going to get the most we can we're not going to let him go this january and I, he wants to go and he wants to play for a club that's in the champions league and he you know he's plays for the number one club in the uh, n- number one international team in the world in um Belgium yep. and you know he's going to wait till the end of the season because if he was to sign for man united now and let's say Man United finished seventh, which isn't out the realms of possibility, but he's then signed for a club that's not in the Champions League, you know. So I think he will wait until the end of the season and then he will go to a club that's in the Champions League, whether that's in this country or he could go to Spain or, or Italy. Uh, so he's going to go in the summer. I know we'll get, you know, in. <laughs> The BBC said, oh, he will go for 40 to 50 million. Bollocks, Willie. We paid 40 million for him. We're not going to sell him for 40 million. You know, he's another one up there with Maguire at 80 million, you know. Um, and if, you, if you're if you going to pay us that, you've got the advantage that he's only got a year left on his contract. But, you know, he's going to go, but he won't be until the summer when he sees who wants him and where those players that want him actually are. Same um, with Paul though. Same
2: with Paul Popper. He's not signing a contract deal, and if he really wanted to, he would
1: have. No. This has got to be the most boring game of the weekend, so I don't think we'll hang on this too often. But, of course, it was a 0-0 Arsenal-Burnley. Arsenal Arsenal packed behind the ball. They got the point, which they probably needed. Arsenal (laughs) couldn't. And and A 0-0, and then we're back to the Arteta out screams, aren't we?
2: Yeah. Arteta at the wheel... Arteta's getting us top four. Arteta's in. Arteta's going to st- keep us in the Champions League. Oh, no. Uh, no midfielders. We haven't won in 2022. tetter out!
1: <laughs> yeah. that basically, that basically sums it up. That reminds me, and sorry, to t- if you go onto YouTube, uh, there's a Jeff Stelling rant about when Leicester won the Premier League. And you're like, you know... And it was to say like Leicester will be top at christmas won't be top at christmas but they were they weren't it. it was just like that and that literally sums arsenal fans up but i don't think there's anything we can say about that game it was it was a it was a bore fest and, and i think we should probably just move on sorry arsenal and burnley fans but
2: crucial for burnley that's all
1: i'd say it is now crystal palace 1 liverpool 3
2: Hmm. You know what? I actually think Crystal Palace actually had a decent first half. They did actually mm. take the chances. I, I'm disgusted with how VAR was with the Liverpool penalty. It was not a penalty. Um Jota was doing a most seller uh Worse than Mo Salah, if you want me to be fa- fairly honest, because he wasn't touched. Well, he was touched, but he could have moved... But he decided, oh, I'll collide into the goalkeeper instead and I'll dive. This is not how football should be. You know yeah. what? It should be Jota who should be getting a yellow red card. I like Jota as a football player. I really do like Jota. But that is not the way to go about it. It's really not. And as if I was Jota, I would have felt absolutely disgusted in that.
1: I come back, you see, with this VAR, is that a ref on VAR is telling his buddy, who's in the same club as him in the ref club, you got it wrong there. <laughs> they don't necessarily want to, where Aka keep saying these ex players, they they look at these things and they would just see them. You know, they say, yeah, that was a dive, that wasn't a penalty. And yes, he, he may be caught him, but he, you know he got the ball first. And the other thing as well to me is you should be allowed to retrospectively give yellow cards. There's too much diving in in, in football these days. And, and, and this is going to be the Leicester fans off. But, you know, Jamie Vardy, you know, doesn't, <laughs> doesn't shy away from the odd dive now and again. Uh, or, you know, or he goes down rather easily, should we say that. Um, but I think, you know, whilst you're looking at the decision, is it or isn't it? And it... <laughs> This is it with VAR, that it's just a case of you were looking for a clear and obvious mistake, right? No, you look at it and you're making a decision on the goal, on a penalty, on an offside. You're not saying whether there's a mistake, you are looking at that decision. And was that decision right or was that decision wrong? It's and they not take too
2: long. They take yeah, too long they to do that. You
1: know these lines that they put in, and I've seen Liverpool fans on TikTok and what have you, and they're saying, oh, the camera was in this position, so you've got to look at the, the diagonal circumference of the referee's posterior or whatever. <laughs> it's just too too much. And, I, I, and I'm all for, like I say, literally looking at the game again the day after and saying, that was an obvious dive. He fooled the referee there give him a yellow card, even though the match is over, because that would soon cut it out.
2: It would. There's, there's a lot of players who do dive, and it definitely does need to be steps going forward. But I'd even argue, I'd even say this the same about my club, refs are too scared to book certain players. Mm. And I agree. That is something I agree with with Cristiano Ronaldo they're too scared to book him because it's Cristiano Ronaldo, and I think that is the same in terms of certain players. It's like oh, because they're a bit of a big name. I'm too. I'm a, I don't want to book him. That mm. shouldn't be the case. Like you don't hardly see any bookings for like Son who dives a lot. You hardly see Mo Salah get booked for when he get dived. Mm. Um, but but you see players who get booked for winded.
1: Yes, it's just like I can say I just think. They should just train. I can say I know I've said it, and I'm, I'm going to sound like a broken record here, but just train a load of ex-players, make them refs, and make the other the other ones VAR refs because they've played the game, they understand it, and you know they they can see see what's going on. I tell you what, they can probably tell the bloody time as well. Where was where was that referee from Afcon when we needed him against Spurs, eh? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want to know. Niall says, uh in Scotland you get fine and charged if cameras pick up diving and cheating. Um uh, they should. They should. Um Palace unlucky, and I I, I think they're doing all right this season. Vieira's um, totally um uh proved me wrong this season. I don't think he are be doing well. We're not gonna stay on this game too long, are we? Well, I mean, no you way. know.
2: <laughs> i wonder why christopher
1: <laughs> i i i did um a, a, an opposition review because i had somebody went on to the youtube channel and saying that they have the brighton absolutely tonked us which they didn't if you look at the stats um and you can tonk away all you want but unless you put the ball in the back of the net it doesn't count and we did you didn't but you deserve the draw, you deserve to get it. But I must admit, that was the longest. I mean, they got their equaliser in the 82nd minute. That was the longest 12 minutes. And then a bit of added time on as well of my life after the Spurs game. I was just praying. I mean, Leicester plays, they're not allowed to have dogs, you know, because they can't hold um, hold on to a lead.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that is such a grandad joke. <laughs>
1: I've got fans. I've got fans. I mean, Niall. I'm sorry, Danny Welbeck. I want to just. I want to smash. I want to smash him in the face, and only because he always scores against us, whatever club he's at. Whether it was Arsenal, Man United, Brighton, he always likes a goal against Leicester. That's the only reason I want to do the same with Kane because he's got more goals against us than anybody else. To be so is with you. Sorry.
2: So of Rudika.
1: <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but I mean, I look at that and I mean a good I mean pluses for us. Dakar is still scoring goals. I mean he's he's gonna be Vardy's replacement unless somebody comes in and, and wants to buy him. James Justin's come back and he's he's seems to you know played forty five minutes against Spurs, ninety uh, against Brighton, and that's as it's like a news sign in very cliche, I know, but it, but it is he's he's brilliant. So those are the pluses for Leicester. But, and I'm going to say credit to Brighton. I'm not getting onto this Danny... Um, Graham Potter... Danny Potter? Who's that? Graham Potter bandwagon that, you know, should be the next England manager. He should be Man United manager or whatever. He's not won anything in this country yet. Yes, he won something in Sweden or wherever it was. I don't know how good that league is. But he's having a good season. He kept them up last season. They've—they've they've not. I don't think apart from one week been out the top ten, and I think this is the problem with a lot of Leicester fans. Like they were kind of turning into mini Arsenal fans, is the fact that well, we should be beating them. That's Brighton, you know. But Brighton have got a better away record than anybody else in the Premier League. They have got a better away record than Man City. So actually, at a point probably isn't bad but he didn't really do either of us any good at all
2: no not at all and you know what i do think graham potter is good but he is definitely overrated to the point where people think he's the best manager in the league where they think he um he should be a man united manager blah blah blah, blah. cuz he, yes he's good but i just think he is extremely overrated and yeah i think what he's done at brighton is a very good job and I think he suits the Brighton job and I do question does he suit would he suit any other Premier League club you look at managers who's gone from a lower league a lower table team to a top table team and it doesn't always work so why do people think it's going to work for Graham Potter I don't know yeah
1: yeah exactly but they're doing well Brighton and good luck to them like I said I like to see those sort of teams up there Uh, The last game now of the season, you're probably saying thank God the season, what am I saying, of the weekend, Um, and that was, I mean, Chelsea and Tottenham, I mean, Conte just doesn't like playing Chelsea, does he?
2: No, he doesn't. I was actually looking at the stats um, for Stamford Bridge for Chelsea versus Tottenham since 1992. Um, Two! two. And um, Tottenham, I've only won one game. At Stanford Bridge really? wow. one, and the rest is I think it was a couple of draws, and the rest Chelsea won. So, Chelsea mm-hmm. clearly dominant in this kind of derby. Yeah. But I think this is another controversial VIR result in this one, uh, with the Harry Kane situation because he actually scored a goal. Tiago Silva, who actually scored in the second half, I would say he dived because they were saying that he got shoved, he got tapped. Mm by Harry Kane but he gone down and I actually think it was a tap and I don't believe that it should have been ruled out and the commentators of Gary Neville and Jamie Carragher said the same thing that this goal should have stood because yeah he, he got tapped he did not get shoved and Thiago Silva was extremely lucky that the goal stayed disallowed
1: but the thing is and again I go back <laughs> again to my uh my players as referees and all that sort of thing if you touch a player that gives the player the opportunity to go down now you can and i'm going to say i'm going to give all credit now to 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 harry kane and and you do not know how much this hurts me but when we played the midweek um and it was nil nil in the first half he could have gone down so easily he was caught, he stumbled, but he carried on staying up so that he could get a shot in. And I looked at and I thought, do you know what? Fair dues, Harry, because a lot of people would have would have fallen down then. So it is, it, you you you've got to look at these things and go, yeah, okay, so he touched him. But was it a foul? Because you can touch somebody without it being a foul. And I, like I always say, ITV4, they are... Showing replays of the big match from the seventies and eighties, um, when men <laughs> when men played the game, not these bloody fairies that we've got. You know, I mean, the, the women's football it, it, is is less bloody hairy fairy than the men's, I tell Agreed. you, you know.
2: Agreed. Does that? You know what? You don't even hardly see any yellow cards. Don't hardly see any red cards. In a matter of fact, in the women's no. game, and when you see a foul, they get straight hmm. back up. It, yeah. Apart. There's only a couple of teams who dive. And apart from that, it's pretty decent the game to watch and it, it goes, it flows.
1: I, I just, for some reason, not enjoying looking at women's football this season. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, good evening, Miss Molina. And my two favourite people are on the panel. Bless Bye, you. Melina. Bless you. I hope you are well, Molina. I hope you are staying safe and that both you and your dad are uh, health-wise on the way up, on the way up. Um, Now, says Chris, I hope Nippon was in the correct stand this time. Who knows with Nippon? You know, I don't know if he ever actually gets to a football match or does he just go spend the afternoon going from one tube to another? Did you actually
2: watch Richie's quiz? No,
1: no. Nippon was
2: in the actual Tottenham ground. He bought a ticket half-time.
1: No, did he? Yes. Oh my God! Oh, only, <laughs> only Nippon. No! <laughs> only Nippon. God. I mean, I, I, I have, I have watched many Leicester matches in the away end when I was living in Burnley and Blackburn because it was the only way you could get a ticket at that mm-hmm. time. But um, I, I, I sort of had to sort of go away. yep. If we scored and and that was it. Niall says here, Graham Potter is a good early shout for manager of the year.
2: Disagree. I really disagree. (sighs) I think my manager of the year, it has to be David Moyes.
1: Do you know what? I was actually going to say, if he keeps him up, I've got to go for Dean Smith.
2: That's a good shout
1: as well. David Moyes is an, excellent shout um you know they did he you know he went to he went to um west ham he didn't do very well there well he kept them up sorry and they didn't keep him on then when he came back um they didn't want him the fans and he did it last year and i thought bloody hell <laughs> they're going to be back down the bottom this season they weren't they're still up there at the top they're doing well in europe but what pees me off totally, is we know Pep will get it.
2: Of course, because he wins the league or Klopp he's, gets it. Yeah. Um, and that is not not fair at no, all. You at need to all. look at what the manager has done for the overall season. You need to look at the impact he's made in the Premier League that season as well for the team because you look at the Pep Guardiola, he would have made that impact, the same impact, if he was there two seasons ago or if he came here now. David Moyes has done something what we haven't seen of West Ham. I i don't remember the last time I've seen West Ham in Europe. Um, no. they, and they finished top of the table in Europe as yeah. well.
1: I mean, they will admit that they had a very easy group. And I will admit, we finished top of our group last season. It was a very easy group. When we were in the Champions League, we couldn't have picked a better group, you know. But you've still got to win the games, you know. And all credit to what David Moyes has done on. Let's probably say in the top six, the smallest squad. Yes. You know, if Antonio yeah. gets injured, God knows who they would do to 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 you know to, to cover for him. But
2: they'd be playing Bowen as a false nine, or they would <sighs> be playing
1: yeah. like um like so, Lanzini or some as a false nine. So, so I do. I do. I say Moyes is a, is a, is an excellent shout. Actually, um, I, I just think I say Dean Smith if he keeps them up, because you know I, th- I think saving Norwich should almost be like uh, bringing the dead back to life, wouldn't it? <laughs> and uh, I mean, let's just let's have a look at the table. I mean, this is the top half, um, and I did say the other day, to be honest with you, that I couldn't see Manchester throwing it away and then they go and draw against southampton but i still think it's man City's to lose would you agree
2: you can't exactly rule off the premier league especially when it's halfway through the season we've only they've played 23 games there's only been 20 plus games what's been played you can't yeah. you, you can't call someone to win the league already you can say someone's their favorites because look liverpool could still catch to them even chelsea could probably still catch to them i won't say anyone below Chelsea could catch up to Manchester City, to be honest.
0: Mm.
1: And where do you think... I mean, I said this the other day, sorry, first of all, I said this the other day, after after the Spurs game, and I, and I wasn't in the best of moods, as as I'm sure you can understand. Um, but I said, like, hang on a second, we've only played 19 games. That's half the season. <laughs> Exactly. We've still got half the season to go. So Europe, for us, isn't out the possibility. Um, you, you don't, like I say, and, and nobody's on the same number of games. That's the other thing as well. But I think the top three there is nailed on in one order or another, though. I've got to be honest with you. And like I said, I did think the top four was nailed on with Man United. Okay. Can you get that fourth place?
2: Well, we've got to be optimistic, and if we if we do perform well, we've got every chance of doing that. And I hate relying on other teams to downfall, but you've got to rely on in these kind of situations. You need to rely on downfall of Tottenham, Arsenal yes. when they've got obviously got games, and I'm there as well. Even look at Wolves; even they've got a shot at yeah. to top four.
1: Yeah, and, and I think the thing you've you've got in your favour. Is the fact that again, as inconsistent as you are, teams around you are equally inconsistent.
2: That's very, very true. The, mo- I'd say the most consistent one out of them, out of them all, you just probably see even Wolves are probably more consistent than us right now.
1: Yes, yes. You know, I mean, I don't, I mean, we're, we're sat there in 10th. The only good thing is that. I think seventh would get you into the Conference League, which I've got to be honest with you. And I know as Man United fans, as Arsenal fans and Spurs, you look down your nose at the conference and what have you. But for a club like Leicester, I'll take the conference every time.
2: <laughs> Arsenal shouldn't be so picky because they haven't even been in Europe this season. They yes. can afford to play their best players every single week, week in, week out.
1: Yeah, Niall says here uh, someone will drop points and go into free fall, it will open up a big gap at least we know it can't be Leicester this season that, that is one good thing, we know we're not going to bottle it And the as people are saying, on the top four, but um, to me, I can say this, this is more interesting and I just think every time you look at this every week or so you, you can't predict which three are going to go down, can you?
2: No, you can really can't predict what three would go down, to be honest. Because no. you look at from um, Brentford to Burnley, there's only yeah. literally 11 points between 11 points. And that yeah. equals to what four wins. And that's equal to how many games in hand Burnley has. Four. They've got like games. four. Yeah. So if they won all three of them and they go to where. Uh, they've got a better actually goal difference than, uh, than Brentford. So they go exactly where Brentford is.
1: I'm just having a look though. Um, where are we here? I mean, there's, there's about 20 odd games to be played, you know. It's ridiculous. But Burnley have got, these are the games that Burnley have got in hand. They've got Spurs, Everton, Leicester. And I'm just moving down here. I think they've only got the three now, have they? I, told you, I thought they had more. Oh no, no, Aston Villa. Aston Villa, oh. sorry. Away to Villa and then home. And that might just be their saving grace that they are at home, because they can nick points, but they can't be nicking points. They've got to be going for the three points. And and you'd probably have to say away to Villa, they probably won't get anything. Possibly a way to Spurs... Oh, sorry, at home to Spurs, you would think that Spurs would would beat them. Um, Everton, that's a six-pointer, let's just face it. They, they've got to win that. And they might even get, you know... <laughs> the season we're having, they c- could take us to a draw or, or even nick the three points. So okay. they've got to be looking there. I think that the most, unfortunately, Burnley, and Dan, if you're watching... Six points possibly
2: Yeah, I actually see the most Winnable game for them will probably Everton With the form they're in
1: Yes, yes, yeah, it is It is totally Maisie, it has been a pleasure As always for you <laughs> It's been a pleasure for me Having you on
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: And I think before you go Because I, I get I get just asked for this all the time I'm going to have to do this again <laughs> We've done well. We've done well. We've not had too many uh, chaotic moments.
2: No, but, no, not at all. I've been very, very good today. <laughs> you have,
1: you, you have. I mean, yeah. I've been impressed. I've been impressed. Don't forget, guys. Tomorrow at seven, we've got the Who Are You Peep Show Snogberry Avoid and sixty nine. Believe it or not, football quiz. And then at ten o'clock, we've got this. Some say he's arrogant, bigoted opinionated, obnoxious and prejudiced. All we know is he's called blue-tinted Specs fan and he is coming to Leicester tomorrow night at 10 o'clock.
2: Let me look at your glasses.
1: Hang on, there we go. Is that you? (laughs) I can honestly say it's not me. I will be interviewing the gentleman and we've all got Every club, we've all got um fans that we know wear red-coloured spectacles, white-coloured spectacles, blue, whatever. And do you know what? We're going to give him a chance to vent himself, which is why we're doing it at 10 o'clock. We thought it might uh, might be easy, but I am getting ready for YouTube, not allowing me to monetize this video at all. Um, So, uh yeah, that should be fun, though. It should be fun. I might get an odd word. In, 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 or maybe three words in the hour between the rants. I don't know. Um Niall says, uh, Everton and Brentford need to be careful. I can see those two teams dragged into it, Uh looking at it in terms of league points. Uh Big up, Maisie. You were brilliant. Make sure you smash the like and subscribe button and share the stream. And make sure you go and give Maisie, like I say, a subscribe. Tell Tell us how people can find you again
2: me on my youtube channel devil's united and my twitter is at two underscores maze.
1: <laughs> one second oh <laughs> are, are you sure are you sure it's two are you sure it's not just one <laughs> I'm saying nothing. I'm saying mm-hmm. nothing. But make sure a link is in the uh, a link to our YouTube is in the description below. Like I say, especially if you're into women's football, not just Man United. She covers all of the uh, all of the women's footballs, don't you? So mm-hmm. get over there and give it a support. And like I say, sometimes it's better than watching the men's. We're not for Leicester. We're struggling <laughs> a little bit with the ladies.
2: But you're um, uh, you're actually like second to bottom. So you're not doing too bad because we, no. you won the gate week when we won against uh, Birmingham, so it helped.
1: It did. Thank you for that. We you're were welcome. drawing against Villa. I think it was at the weekend. They nicked a goal towards the end. Surprise, surprise! With Leicester, um, I think it's only, uh, it's only the bottom one goes down. So fingers crossed that Birmingham go down. Uh, Maisie, it's been amazing to have you on. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, we're doing this once a month with you. Um, uh, Doug and Elton Wellesby, ex TV presenter, will be doing it next. We haven't got one next week because there's no game next week. Um, <laughs> at least, hey, Dan, if you're watching, no game next week, at least Burnley can't lose.
0: Every cloud,
1: <laughs> every cloud, mate. Maisie, thank you so much. You take care, and uh, I will obviously speak to you soon. Bye, thank you, Maisie. Bye bye. Uh, that do do make sure, as I say, Devils United, um, TV on YouTube, and remember two underscores at Maze on Twitter. Why the two underscores women? I- don't understand them thanks for watching that was the weekend football roundup see you tomorrow night at seven for nile versus Brad at the quiz and at uh, 10 o'clock for the blue tinted spectacles man oh, i'm gonna have to wear me uh <laughs> wear me box on <laughs> take care thanks for watching if you have been and thanks for listening if you're listening to this on catch up on podcast stay safe guys see you tomorrow
0: If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116-123. That's 116-123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.
1: It's the 90th minute. All your mates are around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping. And you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? Uh, Participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com.
0: This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. Talk Sport, powered by fans.